BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, and today's episode we are talking about self-compassion, not just with ourselves this time, but teaching our kids self-love and self-compassion. Dr. Shauna Shapiro is my guest. She's a psychologist and mindfulness expert and professor, and we've had quite a few episodes. They've been so popular. I think you guys love her as much as I do. And of course, don't forget her reorder the five principles of parenting right now, it would be so awesome for all of us because for me, it's awesome to share this book with you. I really thought carefully about how to choose what needed to be in this book so that I didn't inundate all of you with too much information and I didn't not give you enough information. I really tried to find that space between. I would love to see you before on the Zooms that I have for folks who pre-order and you can get an early chapter on building resilience. Don't forget to DM me on my Instagram at Raising Good Humans Podcast and let me know that you pre-ordered the book. I can't wait to share this book with the world and the more orders that I get, now from the people who already know what they're going to be getting, I hope, the people who are in this community, the more booksellers know to get this out in the world, if I may say, I think it's a good one. Thank you. And thank you for listening. And we are going to start with Dr. Shauna Shapiro. Whenever she's on, I ask her to just give us one of those great mindfulness moments quick meditation to start your day or wherever you are in your day. And then we're going to get to her fabulous children's book and the way we can support self-love and self-compassion in our kids. Okay. Before we even start, I think you know what I'm going to ask. Can we start have a meditation? Yes. <laughs> so take a moment. Let your eyes close or lower your gaze. And just give yourself this time to arrive, arriving in your body. Notice that you're breathing. And you don't have to change anything. Just feel the breath as it flows 
in and out of the body. See if you can relax the body 5% more. So soften your jaw, soften your eyes, your forehead. Relax the shoulders, fingers, toes. And see if you can just let the whole body rest. We have all the time we need. Taking one more breath in and out. And slowly, gently let your eyes open. You can go ahead and just stretch your arms above your head and just move your body in any way that feels good. Mm, good job. <laughs> ah, the best, the best way to start any day. So I want to dive into Good Morning, I Love You, Shauna, because I think everybody who doesn't already know this could benefit from a very small moment that is so easy to do. And I wonder if you could just talk to us about the origin story of Good Morning, I Love You. Mm, yeah. So it was a long time ago, and yet it's still such an important moment in my life. I was going through a really challenging divorce. I think they're all probably challenging, but this was when my son was three years old. And I just remember feeling such shame that I wasn't able to make my marriage work, that I was a therapist and a meditation teacher. And here my whole life was crumbling. But worse was really worrying about my son. I felt like was ruining his life too. And I would wake up every morning with this kind of pit of self-judgment and shame in my stomach. And I remember one of my teachers suggested I start practicing self-compassion. And she said, how about just saying, I love you, Shauna, every day. And I looked at her and I was like, no way. <laughs> it just felt so inauthentic, right? I was sitting here hating and judging myself. I didn't, I just couldn't fake it. And so she said, how about just saying good morning, Shauna, instead of beating yourself up, just say good morning. And so the next day I put my hand on my heart, like she had suggested, she said it releases oxytocin. So it's good for you. So put my hand on my heart, took a breath and just said, good morning, Shauna. And it was kind of nice, right? Instead of the judgment and the anxiety and the fear, there was this flash of kindness. And I kept practicing. And after a couple of months, I started noticing some shifts, like a little less judgment, a little more kindness. And about three months after this, I, it was my birthday and I was alone. My son was with his father at a long planned family reunion. And I was completely alone, probably for the first time in my whole life. And I went to a place called Esalen in Big Sur, one of my favorite places in the world. And at Esalen, it's a retreat center where they do meditation and yoga and different things. And they have these mineral hot springs over the ocean. And I remember I woke up on my birthday before the sun rose and I slipped down to these mineral hot springs and I was sitting in the waters preparing to do my good morning practice when all of a sudden an image of my grandmother came to me. And before I knew it, I said, good morning. I love you, Shauna. Happy birthday. And it was as if the dam around my heart burst and this love came pouring in and I felt my grandmother's love. I felt my mother's love felt my own self-love. And you know, I wish I could say that every day since it has been this miracle of self-love and I've never felt shame or judgment again. And that's not mm. true. But what is true is this, this pathway of self-compassion was established. This idea of 
being on my own team of, of supporting myself instead of being my inner enemy and beating myself up. And I've been practicing every single day since then. (laughs) And, you know, some days I wake up and I put my hand on my heart and I say, good morning, I love you. And it feels really awkward. And some days I feel kind of numb, but some days I feel tremendous love. And that practice has really shifted absolutely everything in my life. And I started it with my children and it did feel ridiculous and goofy. And I did find that even in asking of them something that felt ridiculous and goofy, it connected us first thing. So there was no downside. But what I would love to just expand on a little bit is this idea of self-compassion because we hear about this all the time now. It's it's in the water that self-compassion actually does matter. But can you break it down a little bit so people understand and maybe even buy into the science of self-compassion? Yes, I have been amazed because whenever I talk about self-compassion, you kind of see people start to kind of roll their eyes or they like shift back and forth and they're like, yeah, yeah, but I actually need to change. Like I need help and self-compassion is not going to work. And so I really want to point out the science because it is so compelling. So when I talk to people, they often say, well, self-compassion is going to make me lazy or self-indulgent or self-compassion is selfish. And so I want to share the science. So first of all, for example, people who are trying to eat a healthy diet or exercise more are trying to lose weight. They are much more successful at doing this if they are taught self-compassion. People who are kind to themselves and on their own team, surprisingly, exercise more, take better care of themselves. And really, when we care about ourselves, we take care of ourselves. So self-compassion isn't about letting yourself off the hook. And I want to be really clear, self-compassion doesn't mean, you know, we lie to ourselves and we say, oh, you don't need to exercise, you're healthy. Self-compassion is really about being honest and being on your own team and rooting for yourself, saying, I care, I want you to be the healthiest you can be, please take care of yourself. So the research, you know, on that was really compelling for me. The other thing that I think is interesting is, you know, especially as mothers and as parents, we feel selfish when we take time for ourselves. And so people say, well, self-compassion, you know, is a selfish thing. But what's interesting is in a recent research study, they showed that people who score high on self-compassion, who rate themselves as kind in themselves, when you ask their children, their spouses, their colleagues, their family, are they generous or are they selfish? Are they judgmental? Are they kind? People who are self-compassionate, are more compassionate and generous with others too. So it's not just for yourself. And this is what I really want to emphasize is that self-compassion is a skill. And we know from neuroplasticity, whatever you practice grows stronger, it shapes your brain. So if you are treating yourself with kindness, you're growing this neural pathway and it's rippling out into the world. If you're beating yourself up, that neural pathway is growing and you're more judgmental and harsh out in the world. We've all experienced that. And now a word for my sponsors. Remember all of those ads for life insurance that were on the radio when you were a kid? You probably don't because that was for your parents to worry about. Guess what? Now we're the parents. And so it's time to get life insurance to help protect our family. 
Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick and easy to get a high-quality policy so that your family is covered. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes, which for any of you who've started the process and just been overwhelmed by paperwork, you have found a solution. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes. No health exam is required. If you aren't sure if insurance is right for you, take the Fabric's 60-second quiz and you can find out. Chances are, if you're a parent, it is right for you. Plus, there's no risk to apply. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee and you can cancel at any time. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash humans. That's meetfabric.com slash humans. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash humans. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. There are reasons that you need extra hydration in your daily life, like you run a marathon, you're doing a triathlon. These are not my reasons. (laughs) There's also other reasons, like you just stayed up too late binge watching a TV show or your day was back-to-back Zoom meetings. You just don't have to be an athlete to need extra hydration. So I love liquid IV because I know how important water is, but I also, I don't love just plain water. I will be honest with you. And I love the lemon, lime, zesty and refreshing liquid IV. It's just a powder that you put in your water and one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. It has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, but none of the artificial sweeteners, none of the sugar. It does have eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. It's non-GMO, free from gluten, free from dairy, free from soy, And it replaces sugar with a proprietary amino acid, allulose blend, which is a naturally occurring sweetener with the same sweet taste and texture one can expect from table sugar. So grab your liquid IV, be a hydrated person. (laughs) It feels so good. I am, this is like a real pain point for me because I genuinely, like I just have too much caffeine. That's just the bottom line. And so I think liquid IV is a great antidote. Grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code humans at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code humans at liquidiv.com. I wonder if you can help us. And one of the ways, of course, is going to be for everyone to be able to read this new book, Good Morning, I Love You, Violet. But can you talk about the book and other ways that we can help not only work on self-compassion for ourselves, but also help our children as they're getting wired to practice and grow stronger in this area? Yeah. I mean, That's really why I wrote this book is as I dove deeper into neuroscience, what I realized is our children are sponges. Their little brains can absorb and learn and 
you know, cultivate resources so much faster and so much kind of stronger than we're able to as adults. And so what I realized is, you know, we should be putting our energy and time into teaching our children these resources and these skills that are going to serve them for a lifetime. And self-compassion, if you ask me what's the one thing you want for your children, it's that they love themselves, that they have faith in their good heart, that they're on their own teams. And truthfully, it's pretty radical to teach our children to be kind to themselves. We teach our children to be kind to others. We say, share with, you know, Joey, and we say, use your words. But it's really unusual to say, how do you talk to yourself? Can you be kind to yourself? Can you be on your own team? And I think that's something worth teaching our children. I mean, we all, I, I even think when people say, you know, I just want my children to be happy, what they mean is some feel worthy. Of course, you're not going to be happy all the time. That would be, it would not be a human way to be. And it would, be impossible. But the idea I think is this worthiness. And so if there are practices and ways of being in this world that can help bolster that capacity, it is so spectacular. And I know you have gold nuggets that we can use to kind of put this in the water. Cause I don't think this is the kind of thing where you can just sit down and teach it. Exactly. And that's really why I decided to take these 25 years of science and research and make it into a fun and colorful story, because I think that's how children learn is through storytelling. And so the story is really of this young girl, Violet, who is very harsh on herself, very self-critical. You know, she spills on her sweater and she says, oh, you're so clumsy. And she misses the soccer goal. And she's like, you're terrible at sports. And it's really how most of us talk to ourselves. We're not very kind to ourselves. And then a scientist comes into the class and teaches the class about neuroplasticity and how we can carve, you know, new pathways and plant seeds of kindness. And so they learn the practice to say, good morning, I love you. And Violet is like, no way, you know, just like I was, she's very skeptical. She says, how is this going to help anything? But then as she starts to practice, she starts to see these shifts so that when she misses the soccer goal and Jackson makes it, she says, Uh, great job, Jackson. And he says, wow, Violet, I love having you on our team. And you see the sense of connection and coming together. So I think the idea behind the book is to teach children, even though it's subtle, this radical shift of how to treat yourself, to be on your own team, to root for yourself, to just like you said, to trust that you're worthy of kindness, that, that you deserve kindness. And to really model that and teach that to our children at a young age. So it's their default mode. Because as adults, this is not our default mode. I'm a clinical psychologist. I work with hundreds and hundreds of people. And I'll tell you, the one thing everyone has in common is how judgmental they are of themselves, how critical, how much shame we all feel. And to have our default mode, instead of being shame, to be compassion. And I'll tell you, it was funny. The other day I was, I was teaching a, a workshop and I was moving some chairs around and I dropped one of the chairs on my foot. And I was like, oh, ouch. Oh, sweetheart, that hurt. And then I was like, oh my God, did everyone just see how kind I was to myself? Like, instead of saying, oh, you idiot. It was like my default mode was kindness. And I was so excited because I was like, wow, all of this practice that kind of seemingly you're like, is this really helping? really has an impact in these little in-between moments that actually shape the rest of our life. 
you know, if you don't buy into those little moments with yourself, you think about those are the moments you notice with your kids if they're berating themselves about a mistake that they made or if they are self-blaming about something, you notice. But then with ourselves, if we drop the chair on our foot and we're like, oh, you're such an idiot. Why did you just do that? We don't really pay attention to how unfair it is to do that to ourselves. So it is in these little moments. And I mean, I would venture to say, and this is not to put pressure on parents, but it's almost like sometimes you have to believe it will help your children in order to take the time for yourself. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's so important. I think it's interesting. The doorway in for self-compassion for me has often been through the children. Because when you tell a mother to practice self-compassion, again, she kind of rolls her eyes and she's like, I don't have time and I actually need tools. I need tools that are going to help my anxiety or help me get my children in order. Like it's very like goal oriented. And the irony, the irony is that the research on self-compassion shows it makes you more effective. It makes you reach your goals faster. It makes you less anxious, less depressed, all the things we want for our children and hopefully for ourselves. It's incredibly efficacious. There's tons of research behind it. And yet everyone gets a little squirmish when you're talking about self-love. No, I definitely think parents glaze over a little bit, especially mothers and feel like I'll do this when my kids go to college or I don't have time for this right now. (laughs) And so that's the only reason why I want to take the time to talk about how this impacts our kids and ourselves when we can take that time for ourselves. But then, of course, the bonus is that it really does benefit us. And this is such a time when the noise of what is the opposite of self-compassion? Is it shame? Is it what is that? Yeah, self-judgment and shame. I mean, that's what I've really been studying for a long time, because when I started as a clinical psychologist, I was really shocked, actually, at this kind of universal sense of shame, how everyone that came to see me, whether it was a mother or a high level executive or veterans or women with breast cancer. I mean, I was working with a lot of different people from different walks of life. And it seemed like everyone kept talking about the same thing. I'm not good enough. I'm not doing it right. There's something wrong with me. And so I started studying shame. Like, well, what happens when you judge yourself? Does it make you, you know, exercise more? Does it make you a better mother? Does it help you be more effective in the world? And what I discovered is that shame doesn't work. It can't work. It literally shuts down the learning centers of the brain. So every time we judge and shame ourselves or our children, we're literally freezing them in the very behavior we're trying to change. And what's so fascinating about self-compassion is it actually turns on the learning centers of the brain. So when we're kind to ourselves, it releases a couple different chemicals. So one, it releases oxytocin, which we all know is this kind of safety and love hormone, and it makes you feel safe. So you're willing to admit your mistakes, right? You're willing to take risks and learn. And two, it releases dopamine. And dopamine is this neuromodulator of motivation and learning. So all of a sudden, if I'm able to be kind to myself in the midst of something hard, I have this kind of chemical cocktail that supports me in feeling safe and motivated to learn. So it's really creating the best environment for me to change, for me to repair if I've made a mistake, for me to learn new behaviors. So I actually believe self-compassion is a superpower. And now a word for my sponsors. 
So we know learning through play is the gold standard. We learn things when we're interested. And when we're interested, we're more curious and we're able to give more full attention to it. So instead of thinking, I'm so exhausted, I don't have it in me to play and get all the materials together and figure out fun activities. And now I'm not saying that you can't just like allow your child to use found materials to play. There's so many options. But on those days when you're just like, I wish, I wish there was just materials here that my child would be fully entertained and completely engaged, Kiwi Crate has a solution for you. Kiwi delivers fun hands-on projects. They inspire lifelong love of learning. And it's just like this box of awesome that arrives every month. And it's exciting. There's something for kids of all ages, from little babies to preschoolers to teens. Kids can discover everything from the science of magic to engineering a domino machine and more. There's no commitment. And so you can pause or cancel at any time. Discover hands-on fun with KiwiCo. Get your first month free on any crate line at kiwico.com slash RGH. That's your first month fully free at kiwico.com slash RGH. These are projects that are just designed by a team of educators, makers, engineers, and rocket scientists who really brainstorm hundreds of ideas to create the most exciting, age-appropriate, and educational products. This episode is sponsored by Nordic Naturals, the number one selling fish oil brand in the U.S. I have been taking Nordic Naturals fish oil since I was pregnant with my first baby in 2006. Nordic Naturals supplements for moms support female health throughout life, including at every stage of pregnancy and after. And Nordic Naturals fish oils provide a reliable source of building block omega-3s for babies prenatal and postnatal brain and nervous system development. I'm such a fan of Nordic Naturals. I went down such a rabbit hole because I wanted the fish oils. I wanted the omega-3s. I knew it was really important, but I also knew that so many vitamins that contain these fish oils have really bad stuff in them. Whereas Nordic Naturals is clean and has been for years before it was hip to make a product that was so healthy. Nordic Naturals Omega-3 products deliver foundational support for women to promote healthy brain and heart and immune system at the cellular level. So I didn't just stop at prenatal and I didn't just stop with giving my kids these vitamins, but I take them still now to support my more mature health Nordic natural supplements for women are non-GMO verified, third-party tested for quality and contain no artificial colors or flavors. I have, I'm required to say that these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration and that this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure or prevent any diseases. I mean, of course, you should always talk to your doctor, but I love these. Shop today at nordic.com. Use the promo code RGH for 20% off your first order. Okay, so if you're talking to your kids and you're hearing the constant, persistent comments that feel, that sound like 
shame, doubt, self-loathing, self-judgment. What are some things that you can do to respond to that so that you don't pretend it's not happening or argue your way out of it? Because we know that's never worked. How can we provide some presence and comfort during those moments? And then mm-hmm. eventually, you know, as we're doing these practices, help our children grow this self-compassion. But I'm talking about kids yeah. who, you know, we know those kids. They're the ones that just are so hard on themselves and you hear it and they use that language. So I think the answer to this is really twofold. So first is in the moment, what do you do when one of your children is being hard on themselves? And then the second is how do you kind of fill their bank account with kindness so that they have a little more buoyancy, right? So that, so Mm -hmm. I think it's both. And so good morning, I love you, Violet is really about filling your bank account, right? It's really about teaching them a one simple practice that they can do every single morning that is going to carve out this neural pathway of kindness. Okay. That's going to shift their default mode to get to your other question. So the first thing to do is to start to point it out, to just notice the self-judgment and to kind of make it into a game where it's like, I'm going to notice when I'm hard on myself, right? as a parent, as a mother, when I criticize, and I want you to pay attention and you notice when you're hard on yourself. And we'll see if we can just like count how many times a day we do stuff. So just even notice the self-judgment that interrupts it. This, the second thing is when we're in pain, right? When we're in pain is to name it. So anytime that you as a, a, a parent can say, I'm really scared right now. It's such good modeling. And if your child is having a hard time, you can say, you seem really frustrated or you're really anxious, or I wouldn't say anxious, that's not the right word, but I'd say you're feeling sad about this, whatever the word is, or you're afraid. Naming an emotion, and most importantly, if the child can name it themselves, calms down our physiology. So research at UCLA shows that when you name an emotion, it actually starts to put the brakes on the amygdala and the whole chain reaction of of kind of a trigger from a stress response. And so This is called name it to tame it. I think it's one of the most useful exercises you can do with your children. And it's the first step of self-compassion. So self-compassion has three steps. The first step is just naming that you're in pain. You can't be kind to yourself before you actually acknowledge I'm in pain. And we often skip over that. So I think it's really important as parents to name whatever's happening. This is hard. You know, we're overwhelmed right now, whatever it is. The second step is just to teach your kid to bring kindness to themselves. So you would say, you know, if I hurt myself, what would you would put your arm around me? You'd say, oh, mama, you're hurt. So do the same thing to yourself. And that's why I use the hand on heart. Again, it releases oxytocin. So it brings in those good soothing hormones, but just that gesture of self-care, ouch, I'm hurting, right? It slows you down. And then the third step, and this is what I do with parents, but I, I don't do with children. I'm not a child psychologist, so I don't work directly with children. With parents, the third step of self-compassion is to think about all the other people in the world in that moment who are suffering in the exact same way as you and to send your compassion out. So I was recently working with a mother who was also dealing with a cancer diagnosis. And we went through the first two steps, right, of first naming her fear and who's going to take care of her children and what's she going to do. And the second step was can she bring kindness to herself? And she tried and it didn't feel, you know, that helpful, but if I'm honest, she was trying. But the third step, when I said, imagine 
all the other mothers right now who have been diagnosed with breast cancer, who are dealing with this and being a mother. And I want you just to send them out your support and your compassion. Like you're not alone and you're here. And she sent them her compassion and she breathed in that same compassion for herself. And that was the moment where I saw healing start to happen, where she was like, wow, I still have enough power to give and receive, and I'm not alone in this. And that's really the kind of magic of self-compassion is that you name the emotion, that's the mindfulness, you bring kindness to yourself, and then there's this common humanity. And I think depending on the age of the child, they certainly would be able to do that that final step. Can we understand the difference, help us understand the difference between self-compassion self-esteem, self, you know, once you start getting into self-confidence, what, how do we parcel that out and really understand this difference? Such an important question. And I want to be really specific about it because there's a huge difference between self-esteem and self-compassion. So self-esteem, and we've put so many (laughs) millions of hours and dollars into this for our children, but self-esteem is really kind of a fair weather friend. Self-esteem works when you're doing great, you're patted on your back and great job, but it deserts you when you're in pain. The beauty of self-compassion is it's there for you all the time. It's this inner resource, this inner ally that celebrates you when you do well but is there to support you and pick you up when you're not doing well. And I want to be really clear, self-compassion doesn't mean we lie to ourselves. In fact, the brain and nervous system aren't stupid. So if you you know, have made a big mistake and then you're like, no, 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 you're great, you're great. The brain and nervous system are not going to release oxytocin and dopamine. They're not fooled by this. So self-compassion is about being authentic, about being honest and saying, actually, that wasn't the best I could do. And I'm sad about it. I'm disappointed. And then saying, oh, sweetheart, you're disappointed. That was hard. You wanted to do better. And there's a way in which you're honest, but you're still on your own team. There's still a kindness there. And I think it's really important that we teach our children, not self-esteem, but self-compassion. And now a word for my sponsors. A fever in newborns can be more concerning. So the fever threshold is lower. Braun has developed age precision technology to take the guesswork out. The Braun Thermoscan 7 Plus Ear Thermometer provides age based fever guidance with a green, yellow, or red reading. And that reading helps parents so they can understand the severity of the fever based on your child's age. So you don't need to spend time looking up information, panicking, contacting your pediatrician, etc. And There's an actual app that is a game changer for those middle of the night fever episodes when you can't remember the last time you gave a kid medicine, now you have another sick child, and now you can keep everything together in one place, the whole family. So just add this to the things you can do to give yourself peace of mind. There's so little that we can do when our kids are sick except cuddle them and support them and figure out what is the best course of action. So just make it easier for yourself. Visit Amazon, search for Bronze Smart Thermometer, and use the code 10HUMANS for $10 off your purchase. Visit Amazon, search for Bronze Smart Thermometer, and use the code 10HUMANS for $10 off your purchase. 
Are you ready to place your order for my new book, my first book, my very first book, The Five Principles of Parenting, Your Essential Guide to Raising Good Humans? I have got you covered in this book, whether you are pregnant, have a new baby, or have a 13-year-old. This book has everything you need. Go and pre-order it now because I wrote this book for all of you. You've asked me to put everything that I've learned over the years, all the practical tools and all the science under one roof that you could read. And here it is. Go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or drlisa.com and order it today. I can't wait to read this with you. You know, we talk so much about this regarding children and in romantic relationships and in friendships, which is that repair. But Mm -hmm. self-compassion really allows you to repair with yourself. And I don't think we take very much time to do that. And all of that, the strength that we build when we have those ruptures and repairs with others is so valuable. I would love for you to help us think of language that can invite our nervous system to make those real repairs with ourselves. Mm, yeah, that's so beautiful. And I think, you know, really the, the shame comes from kind of that stepping over the repair process that, that when we face our mistakes or our shortcomings or the, our, our pain, when we're able to face it, what it does is it really cleans out the wound and we have this opportunity to heal. And I think you're absolutely right. We don't spend enough time helping our children repair with themselves. For me, one of the you know, greatest moments of transformation was when I was able to trust my good heart, to realize I'd made a mistake and I was still good, to really separate my behavior from my humanity and to help children say, oh, you're, you're sad because you hurt your brother. Instead of like, oh, it's okay, or go for it, or go say, I'm sorry, to really do that repair within themselves. So they come back to, I'm still a good person. Yes. Oh my God. I love that so much. This is just, I, I just really love that I get to benefit from having extra meditations with you. <laughs> and I want to share this with everyone. So let's love and kindness this puppy. So one of the practices that I think is so powerful to do with our children is the loving kindness practice. And so to begin, you can put your hand on your heart. And when you're with your child, you can have them put their hand on their heart. And the first step is just to feel your heart. So just sensing the warmth of the touch of your hand, the beating of your heart. And even if you can't feel it because our hearts are located differently in our chest. So some people feel it easily and some don't. It's definitely beating. It's definitely working. So I want you just to see if you can feel or sense the heartbeat and feel how it's sending oxygen and nutrients to every cell in your body. So right now the heart is taking care of you. And then just calling to mind your child. And if you have multiple children, that's okay. You can do one at a time. And just begin to bring a clear image of their smiling face and just begin to wish them well, like you're sending these blessings out. May you be peaceful. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you feel this loving kindness. You're just sending this to your child. 
And if you're with your child, you can invite them to send it to you, to their brother or sister, to the puppy dog, to grandparents. So this loving kindness practice is where you're just kind of sending out your good wishes to anyone you care about. Whoever comes to your mind, you send it out. And what I want you to notice as you're here sending loving kindness out is how it feels. Usually you feel pretty good. There's a warmth, there's a kindness, right? When you're thinking negative thoughts, you're angry at someone, it doesn't feel good. So loving kindness practice is good for you. So taking one more moment, hand on heart, feel your breath. And now just offering the same kindness to yourself. May I be peaceful. May I be happy. May I be healthy. Offering yourself loving kindness. And you may notice it doesn't feel quite as intense or strong or warm. But what you're doing is you're planting seeds of kindness. You're carving out these neural pathways of self-compassion. What you practice grows stronger. So we plant these seeds and they ripple out into the world knowing that we're never just practicing for ourselves, that everything we do impacts each other. Good. When you're ready, you can put your hand back in your lap. You can let your eyes open. Good job. Mm, I love you. (laughs) I love you. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.